Good morning. Back to Broadcast I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Monday, September 12, 2022. Today's show is powered by the Spark Institute. To learn more about the Spark Institute, its members, its mission, and to register for its annual conference, visit www.sparkinstitute.org. And our top story today. We're going to be previewing the upcoming Spark Conference. Our first topic, Retirement Income Technology Solutions. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Michelle Richter is with the Institutional Retirement Income Council. And Ryan Grodidier is with SSNC Technologies. Ryan, Michelle, thanks so much for joining us in the program this morning. Thanks so much for having having us. We're going to be talking about retirement income and this is, in a way, a teaser for your upcoming session a few months from now in November at the Spark Forum. Um, Michelle, I want to start with you because lifetime income, retirement income, as they call it, this is an important topic for so many in the retirement ecosystem, but it's also an important topic for retirement policymakers and legislators. Certainly, I, I think you know our our legislators are responsible for setting the framework that makes it possible for our society's needs to be met, and in in particular, um, you know, a trend that has been occurring in in our country and internationally around retirement involves the trend away from employers providing guaranteed retirement benefits to long tenured employees. Um, to uh, the society shifting from those defined benefit kinds of plans to defined contribution plans where the participants and plan sponsors each contribute to an account, but nobody really knows how much retirement income that account might come to produce by the time of retirement. So for both for the savers who really don't know exactly what they need to do to generate the most or the safest amount of income. And for our legislators who want to make it um, easier for for employers to create those benefits for their employees that that just are not really tenable to provide the way they historically have been, um, you know, it's so important that um, that they take uh, action to be able to uh, create the kind of environment that enables the accumulated assets that exist in the defined contribution system to be able to be spent in retirement income. Thanks, Michelle. And Ryan, I want to come to you because, you know, there have been a lot of providers, insurance providers that have created innovative new products. I mean, the, 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 the world of the annuity is not the same world of the lunchroom annuity from 20, 30 years ago. They, they have really evolved. And um, but there's, there are challenges, right? There are challenges with making these products widely available because many of whom are watching uh, this, this show now are aware of all the different record keepers uh, that are out there. And not everyone is able to offer certain investment products on their platform. And that's why technology is a key part of this proliferation 
of, of lifetime income, retirement income. No, that's absolutely true. I think there's a lot of products in the market and there's a lot of products additionally coming to market and uh, they're utilizing different flavors of annuities uh, and they're also utilizing different structures, uh, different potential technology solutions, whether it's through a target date, a managed account type investment structure or some sort of advice guidance or uh, potentially a combination of multiple. Um, but I think that from the participants, uh, vantage point is important to kind of get down to the benefits and away from the, you know, the structure can be set, but ultimately the benefit needs to be clear and simple enough for an individual uh, kind of average participant to understand it. And to your, your point on technology, right? I, I think that there's a lot of providers out there that, that don't offer these solutions yet uh, because a lot of times they they cannot either on the back end connecting an annuity into a record keeping system that just hasn't been set up yet, or on the front end where you're actually presenting this uh, this product to a participant. There needs to be builds there that in a lot of cases just haven't been set up yet, and there's a lot of technology uh, that can help assist with that, um, either directly with a provider or with a third party uh, middleware type of solution provider as well. Let's talk a little bit about that complexity a little bit more, Ryan. Um, and and uh, without going into too far into the weeds, uh, it's, it's very interesting. But there's a lot of pieces, moving parts here. And as you mentioned, that middleware, someone to sit in the middle to feed the necessary data. Because buying an annuity oftentimes is an individual choice. It's based on individual factors. You're spending or at least your estimated spending, your lifetime estimation, all those things, right? So you, you're getting all that data, but you need someone or something, and maybe it's not a per, it's not like a little hamster running around in a, in a wheel, but you need something to kind of translate all that this into a meaningful solution for an individual participant. Absolutely. It is a, it's, a, it's personalized, right? It needs to be to the specific person that's made the investment, regardless of what the structure is and uh, both the investment as well as the the insurance side of it and that needs to be accounted for it needs to be calculated either by the provider themselves or a third party uh, middleware type of solution um, and needs to be stored uh, there needs to be oversight uh, of these solutions um, and of the entire process and you're talking about multiple parties involved right where the participant is typically logging in through their plan through a record keeping system uh, they're, they're then accessing a digital experience, um, and all of this needs to be uh, accounted for on the back end, presented to them in a way that they understand, um, and in a way that the data is flowing efficiently through that, uh, through that process, through the record keeper, through the technology solution provider, to the product, to the insurer to do the reserving and hedging, and then back to the participants so they can ultimately understand and see what their benefits are. So. Apologies if I got too technical there, but it is, like you said, it's, it's complex, right? So that's, that's yeah. where we really need to uh, take that complexity away uh, from the participant and really focus on the benefits and let us as an industry solve uh, some of those complex challenges. I don't think it was, I don't think it, it was too much information. I think it gives people a sense for the lay of the land. Michelle, you work with so many of today's uh, not directly for, but you work as a representative of so many of the product manufacturers. Um, and I have to think, and I want to get your insight here, having this middleware, look, uh, people br bring a great product to market, but the product or the plan is only as good as when people use it. So having that 
middleware, so to speak, is, is really important for delivery, but also that education and communication, which really helps people make the best decisions possible. Yeah, you know, I couldn't agree more with that perspective because, um, you know, it's it's not for lack of products that people have don't have the access to the secure income that they need in retirement. There, there's a proliferation of annuity products that have existed both in the in the regular retail community and as well as previous generations of products that had been available through the defined contribution system, but lack of clarity prior to the SECURE Act regarding fiduciary obligations and making those product introductions as well as, um, you know, technological constraints have really, uh, you know, made it difficult for even, you know, those who can explain the benefits of those solutions to be able to, to get really in front of consumers in an implementable way academics go around and they can prove you know left right up and down that for many individuals it makes sense to incorporate um, lifetime income solutions in, into their portfolios but um but all of that connectivity that that ryan was talking about it not having been there has been the main impediment in my view um and especially since um the secure act addressed some of those other questions um, it, it remains, in my view, the most material impediment um, alongside participant education um, to getting people access to these guarantees that I believe they need. Yeah, and, and Ryan, just to kind of close things out for this segment, I mean, the, a lot of the, the record keeping and technology partners, the third party partners, partners like SS&C, they are creating uh, tools and capabilities to increase that engagement, increase that awareness. I mean, that has really been a focal point of a lot of the things that have come out of the Department of Labor with lifetime income disclosures. We all remember the fee disclosure. That was a hot one back in 2012. And I remember that uh, distinctly in talking with clients about that. So this is, this is there's a considerable investment being made by many of the top service providers in our industry to make sure that all that connectivity is done and that integration is done. Absolutely. I think there's an understanding that um, individual connections to these solutions are just not long-term efficient or scalable, right? A one-to-many connection is what uh, distribution partners want. And it's also what record keepers want as far as getting access to, to multiple slices of, of solutions. Um, and, you know, I think there's a hope that uh, some of the the uh, DOL changes and the presentation of the lifetime income um, on statements will be an eye opener and have participants start to ask some questions, have plans start to ask some questions about annuitization, about income, because I think that most participants don't understand, right? Maybe they, they have a number in mind, um, whatever it may be that they're saving to, but if they then achieve that number and live to 100, is that really going to be enough? Most people just don't have an answer to that question. So we need to do a better job of, of helping guide them and provide solutions uh, to, to help them answer that question ultimately. Yeah, Michelle, I'll close out with you. Uh, I mean, Ryan makes a good point. It used to be in the old days, 10, 15 years ago, that if you had a million dollars, that was enough. But Ryan makes a really good point. We're living longer. That's a good thing. But when you live longer, uh, you know, you've got expenses, you've got healthcare expenses, you've got 
uh, rent uh, or, or uh, housing expenses. You buy a car, maybe you rent a car, right? I mean, and these are the, the great unknowns. And that's why technology and consumer engagement so important. I, I again agree and couldn't agree more. And, and it, it's a particularly challenging environment into which to retire because we were experiencing prolonged low interest rates, which means that fixed income produces less income than it used to. The market's been extraordinarily volatile recently. And that's so it's very scary for people who are close to or in retirement to remain allocated to those equity-based investments that can dramatically rise and fall in value in a given year when you need to take that money out of a portfolio. So, and and couple that with a scary jump in inflation and and you've got a, a trifecta of, of issues that makes it so challenging for those who are approaching retirement now. And, and that's just why I, I think Ryan and I and, and a lot of other members of our industry feel that the, the time for guaranteed solutions to be incorporated voluntarily into benefit offerings is absolutely now. Well, I, I'm telling you, I am really excited. I, I wish I could be at the Spark Forum in November to check out this, uh, this panel, but I know you, you both are gonna do, and your fellow panelists are gonna do a great job. Ryan, Michelle, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us and we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Michelle. Well, thanks, Michelle and Ryan. And when we come back, our Spark preview continues. Enabling financial wellness is next. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. At Empower, we help you open doors to get you ready for everything that lies ahead. Because your financial wellness is what matters most. Behind every door is an opportunity to save for life's moments. These are your goals, and it's time to help get you there. We've been opening doors for more than 17 million customers across America as they save for the future they want. We are Empower, and we're ready to open some doors for you. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Oh, 
Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, both absolutely free, for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-504-8194. Today's show is powered by the Spark Institute. To learn about the Spark Institute, its members, and its mission, and to register for its annual conference visit, www.sparkinstitute.org. And joining me now to discuss enabling financial wellness, Jamie McGinnis is with Oculus Partners and Alicia Harchin is with DST Solutions. Alicia, Jamie, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you. Good to be here. That's great. And we're going to talk about enabling financial wellness programs. This is a big topic and it's a broad topic, but we're going to kind of hit on some of the points this morning. I know you're going to be featured at the Spark Conference coming up in November. So we're just going to tease out a little bit about what you guys are going to be talking about. And Alicia, to that end, uh, you work at a major uh, record keeping organization. What are you hearing from your clients with regards to financial wellness and uh, you know trying to make things better for participants? Yeah, absolutely. The number one item that our clients talk to us about is how can we show that there, we're bringing them success in improving participant outcomes and giving them metrics that show that we're actually able to move the needle and, and prove that outcome. And then yeah. I'd say with that, you know, we're also asked a lot, what are the key ways to engage participants? What worked last year, but what more importantly is really going to work as we head into the next year? And how do we really drive that participant engagement with their plan and with financial wellness overall? Yeah, and, and it's about changing and adapting tactics. Jamie, uh, we've had you on the program before. Welcome back. And uh, always great to get your expertise as well because you advise many of these record-keeping entities and financial institutions around wellness. First, what are you hearing and thinking about as you're helping your clients design financial wellness programs? Well, I think the... You're right, it is an important topic. It's been around for a while, right? So it's not as if financial wellness is brand new. Um, what we talk to our clients about really is the, the integration of the financial wellness offering into the experience specifically and how critical data is to that integration component. It's not enough just to talk about education around emergency savings, but if you have an offering that actually provides an emergency savings solution, how do you actually integrate the data to actually enable the adoption of that? And then beyond that, how do you actually demonstrate to your plan sponsor clients that that adoption is occurring, that it's being utilized by the right audience within the, within the employee base, et cetera. So again, very data dependent in terms of integrating that experience more deeply in terms of those financial uh, wellness offerings into that participant experience and demonstrating it through understanding the data and the analytics as to how well they're being utilized. Sort of the next evolution of where financial wellness programs are going, much more dependency on that data, much more dependency on the integration into the experience. 
Jamie, to that end, I mean, I, I would have to think, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but and this is for both you and Alicia, this is a, uh, a, a value that is significant and a differentiator for many of, of the record-keeping uh, entities, the service, I call them service providers, out there. So this is a very important distinction when uh, consultants, people are evaluating uh, the different providers out there. I'll start with you first, Jamie. Yeah, I, I was I was going to turn it over to Alicia fairly quickly, but it's it's about how do you spend and prioritize your money? What are you spending it on, and how much is available to spend on these programs relative to regulatory updates, et cetera? And firms like SSNC have offerings that enable some of the players out there to be able to address this without actually doing full proprietary spends. But I, I turn it to Alicia and let her talk about that. Sure, Alicia. Yeah, I think. Yeah, great. I think one of the things we're lucky is we have a ton of data, of course, about participants. So we're able to connect those dots using that data. And we use um, personalized calls to action when an individual is in the wellness experience and they're learning about certain topics. We know so much about those individuals to say, you know, are you considered a low contributor? Should your call to action be to contribute more? Are you not even enrolled in your plan? Well, we're going to prompt you to enroll. So we can be very specific about the actions that we know are going to benefit that participant best, be able to show those calls to action and really, and then be able to report on those even better, to be able to show that education is helping to connect an individual, to engage more with their plan, to feel more financially confident, and ultimately then, you know, have those return visits and, and engagement with their sponsor. Yeah. And I would, I would imagine just last question, kind of wrapping up the reporting aspect of this really important. So it's not only moving the needle, but also showing, uh, showing to the sponsor, showing to the consultant, showing to people within your own organization, Alicia, um, that, you know, a communications consultant, for example, uh, showing that there are metrics and, and movement and, and, the, and these services are working. Absolutely. And I think for us, the value we bring is we want to tell a story. We just don't want to throw metrics and numbers at our clients. Um, we want to explain it. We want to have charts and graphs. We want somebody to be able to look at it and immediately be able to see what's happening with the participants in their plan or, or across the client book of business in, their, in its entirety. So data and reporting for us is a key way that we're, we're showing a value add for these financial wellness programs. Yeah. And I have to think that in these trustee and committee meetings, this has got to be top of mind, how, especially post pandemic. How do we move the needle? How do we get people financially secure and get them on their way to retirement. Look, I'm jealous. I wish I could hear the uh, the panel. Unfortunately, I won't be there, but I know you and your fellow panelists are going to be great. Alicia, Jamie, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thanks, Jeff. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, entertainment, so much more, and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic 
on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.